Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. And Abby, I, I don't know. I mean, I need to have like a serious discussion about that woman who wrote Flights because right before you texted me, um, <laughs> Olga, somebody, right before you texted me about it, because you meant, okay, so you mentioned Flights in your text saying that you were getting read, you were, you, it was on tap to read. And I was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, oh, maybe I need to give that author another chance. She has a new book that just came out. So I downloaded it on Audible. And then when you. Well, no, you said when I said I was going to, when I mentioned I was, that was up next, you said, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Like as a way to like, and I was like, that's a weird non fully committal way of like saying it's not all disappointing yeah <laughs> yeah but i feel you know what I, it made me feel like i was maybe not intelligent enough to enjoy it there mm-hmm. there are there are incredible pieces in there i think just yeah. maybe where we're at right now i didn't know what she was talking about a lot of the time is that what was it, was that your experience it's it's just i think the style is like all these vignettes that sometimes weave in, but they make they might not weave in for like a hundred pages. Mm-hmm. They might not weave back. I was just, I mean, during this quarantine time, I just don't think it's no. it was right for me. But it's I mean, it won the right. Nobel Prize, so I might. I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna trust that it's it's a, it is a very well written, really great <laughs> book that I might not. I'm with you though. But so th- this, I think, is uh, something I've been noticing legitimately. The farther we get into short attention span and the information age and so forth, do you think? So I, all I know about this book is what I've heard from you two so far. 
so I don't know who the writer is, but it's this book that uh, has vignettes that weave in sometimes uh, not for a long time and it's called flights and it won the Nobel prize. So something I've, I've noticed because we, Megan and I often uh, agree on what we enjoy, whether it's books we're reading or like shows or movies. Um, but sometimes you, for whatever subjective reason you don't like some, there's a character that rubs me the wrong way for very specific reasons that would never occur to Megan and vice versa. Do you think in the case of this book, um, because, like, for example, I love right now listening to books when I go running every day. So that's about 45 minutes of listening time. And, like, I just finished a, a novel, uh, and I loved it. Uh, Richard Powers, who wrote The Overstory, which was a big hit, won the uh, Pulitzer last year. His earlier novel called Galatea 2.2. And it it occurred to me, though, there are times when storylines strike me in a way, and this is what I'm heading towards to posit to you two do you think in this day and age where we take everything by snippets everything comes like like the longest thing we can imagine is two hours of uh, content and so something like that like a novel where a storyline weaves in after a hundred pages do you think that that experience suffers in the modern day because we consume everything in bite-sized pieces rather than like sit down and read this novel in a week you know that's the that's the question i mean it's interesting because it's this book is kind of both those things because it is these snippets it's all about travel and i guess i had a hard time figuring out like who exactly the narrator was but it's all about like different travel experiences so it is like these snips and then you kind of are wanting that connection the weaving in more. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that before all this, I was very much, my attention span was even, was, was, was worse. I was like, I was more like, I can't focus or, and now I kind of want to be sucked into something for a long time. Like I want a series. Mm-hmm. Like I started the Sopranos again. I'm like, I want to be in this and to not think about any of this for a long time. Like, yeah. I don't want to go yeah. on my phone or switch. So I don't know if that's answering your question. I don't know. It is Ma- kind of, I mean, there, um, I think my, uh, there, there's a great quote that I'm going to paraphrase, uh, from a psychologist from the early seventies that basically says a surplus of information, a surplus of stimulation creates a paucity of focus. And so that's what kind of what you're addressing is like, there's too much information. There's too many distractions. So sh- please shut everything off so that I can zero in on this one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, for me with a book, it still depends on, just depends on the book, the writing, you know, but I'd like a long, you know, a long book if it's a great story. Great characters. One of the cool things, Megan's a voracious reader and very I discerning. Know. She sent me back a list of like 30 books and I'm like, she's totally, I sent you like a, a, a recommendation. She's like, a, a, she's like an English professor. <laughs> yeah. 
But the cool thing for me is yeah. then, so she gave me, she like gave me that book, Flights, and she uh, dog-eared, but looked like about twenty or thirty pages, and she said, "Just read. There's some good stuff in there. Just hit these pages." <laughs> So I just get, a couple I, of paragraphs. I, I get all the chat. I get all the chat. <laughs> she, she has her own cliff notes. Cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> I cliff noted it yeah. for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let me just do a brief uh, intro for our dear listeners. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of your favorite podcast in bed with Nick and Megan starring my favorite husband, Nick Offerman, and his wife, me, Megan Mullally. Um, and today, special guest starring Abby Jacobson. All right, we've already been chatting. We we're talking about books. Um, yeah, that was a sweet cold open. That was yeah. a good cold, cold opes. Um, so, Abelstein, uh <laughs> I loved your book. Speaking of speaking oh, of books, thanks. that was so. I think about our night to get our night together because <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> I don't know if we should, but you know why? Yeah, I think yeah. we can. Yeah. Look, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. No we felonies can. were committed. It's that fine. Night. I mean, look, everybody was really well intentioned. Yes, it it, look, it was just funny. Yeah, yes. we uh, there was a book event that Abby had asked me to moderate, <laughs> which was really cool and nice because I loved her book so much. And um, it was pretty, it was interesting. Let's just leave it at that, right? I mean, there's some real personalities. Like, we could so easily make a, an indie movie out of that. Oh, my God. Out of those characters. I mean, I'm writing it. It's up on my board. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting. I'm sure you guys experience this all the time. It's just sort of like a, it, like I, I had gone on a book tour for that book. And I'd been on like, a, Alana and I did a Broad City tour a long time ago. But I'm not a stand-up. I'm not a musician. But like, those are my tour experiences. I've done enough shows to know like, kind of the hosts or the venue managers or the way you're going to be announced is kind of a hilarious specific of that world that yeah. is a whole it's ripe you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think that let, let I guess we could say that I don't feel like the 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 ladies in charge of this thing had much confidence in our being able to like pull this off on our own <laughs> I think they thought they it was like our first time out talking alone on stage together. Yeah. Yeah, they did not want that to happen. <laughs> it also, I mean, I felt like uh, it was it was the beginning of a new. It was, it was a venue that was sort of beginning a new sort of series of yes. entertainment evenings, and so I think there was also a lot of self imposed pressure. Uh, uh, with these characters administrating the venue that were like, okay, everybody, like, like even just me as a guest. Uh, <laughs> you were nervous. Yeah. They, they had like a fleet. They had a, a platoon of security people to like get me to my seat and get me back out. And everybody's on walkie-talkies. Yeah, yeah. It's an auditorium, yeah. right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, just, it's a book event. It wasn't, you yeah. know, we're not the Rolling Stones. 
No. Speaking of the Rolling Stones, did you see any of that um, huge televised thing the other night with all the like Lady Gaga and everybody? No, I um, I, I guess I could have found it online. I, I have t- I have a TV and I have TV, like I have Spectrum, but for some reason. I can't figure out how to watch like live programming. Oh, just regular. No. Yeah. It's really <laughs> <laughs> clearly it's just me here. Um, all right. And I have an Apple TV. Everything is like I can do all that. There's something mm-hmm. about like the basics I can't figure out. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so, always something. Well, yeah. I guess the reason I brought it up was because I I said something about the Rolling Stones and they they. Did this? They did this live version of. They had four screens, and you know it was Mick Jagger, and I don't even know who they all are. Keith and, Richards, um, is the, uh, Keith Richards. that's good. Yeah, and the others. Right. And the, well, and I the did others. see a picture, and the and drummer was like on books. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I saw so a picture. Was, of this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, actually, anyway, <laughs> it was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, they were great. Mick Jagger's voice is insane. I mean, he's. He sounds as good as he ever did. I gotta watch it. I'm sure it's like recorded. It's on right? YouTube. It's on, sure, so, just on, on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. He sounds so good though. And my friend, a friend of mine, had told me about it just earlier that day, and I thought, yeah, well, I'll never, you know, I'll never see it. But thanks. And we got home and just turned on the TV, and it was literally like one minute before they. Ladies came and on. gentlemen, the Rolling Stones. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, I should at least try. And then they came yeah. right on. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, I didn't mention this at the time, P.S., but I think, I'd like, I, I'm going to have to get to the bottom of this, but I think the drummer was playing those digital drumsticks where you program oh. the noise they make based on drum, where you hit. Yeah, drum machine. Because yeah. I was drum like, pad. what's going on? He's playing no like symbol. stacks of books. Right. Yeah, I've... um. I've been in relationships with some drummers, so I know all about that kind of stuff. Yo, I'm it more wouldn't of a be my. I wouldn't be like, you know, rushing out to recommend everyone date drummers. I guess it depends on the drummer because, you know, the drummer in Nancy and Beth, Joe Berardi, lovely fellow, lo- but and, I didn't date and him. Love Machine. See, I picked the wrong drummers. Right. My dad is a drummer. Your dad's a drummer. I mean, like that's not his career. Uh-huh. But he had a band when I was growing up that <laughs> was called Second Chance, and it was his high school band, and they were like <laughs> doing it again. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, they awesome. had a tape, and he would play bars in the town I grew up in. And the big show was he played the top of the, you know the. I'm from Philly, and he played the top of the steps at the art museum, like the Rocky steps. Hell yeah. But it was during uh, the day. It's kind of like a family event. Yeah, but um, sure. I remember it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Wait, right and your on. mom had a store. What was the name of the store? My mom, it wasn't a store. I mean, it was in my basement. She she um, sold party <laughs> favors for a while to, like, kids' parties. It was called Do Me a Favor. the names were like pretty great second chance and do me a favor that's so good yeah a lot of stuff going on i love that 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 was in your book right yeah it was Um, a good memory i was like how do you know that uh, i read your book twice wow oh my god i really loved it more than 
anyone I mean, else. And I kept it in my special bookcase because I have limited space and it's in the permanent collection. Wow. That's, so, I'm honored. Thank you. That's kind of a big deal. Um, so, <laughs> big deal to me, not to anybody else. Let me clarify. <laughs> abs. <laughs> I'm, I, I have a lot of nicknames for you suddenly. Um, abs. Do you have anything in particular you'd like to discuss today or should we just free ball it? I mean, I, I feel, I feel like we should free ball it. I don't know. I don't think I, yeah, I'm not bringing anything in particular. Yeah. We're halfway into the episode anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> why start now? Uh, so, uh, you are quite the little, uh, go getter. And I, I said, love that because I'm older than you. Just by like a a year or two. Yeah. (laughs) And for some reason, my particular, like I just missed by about 12 years, I missed the generation of being able to credibly uh, pitch and produce and spearhead your own projects uh, I mean, I, I can still, I could do it now if I wanted to, but right. what I'm saying is I didn't, I wasn't able to do that when I was, you know, young like you are. And so I think it's so cool when, um, you know, my friends like you have so many things going on and you're so enterprising and you're so good at, well, you're a right, you know, you're a great writer, but also you're really good at, um, at that stuff. And I, I mean, you know, you and Ilana, you did that show. How old were you when you started that show? It's insane. We started the web series. I was 25. Okay. And Alana, I mean, I, met, I knew Alana since I was like 22. Mm-hmm. And we were, we did improv together for a couple of years. So it was such a bummer on a side note. Um, I'm like a little late to finding out like UCB is closing. Just, oh wow! I, you know what? I, I, that's so weird. That I, that flashed through my mind because I was thinking of UCB and Largo, and I was thinking, are these great? At least, like, you in, know, I don't know about LA, but New York, which is like where that's like. <sighs> I read an article a f- few weeks ago about how they were having they were in a lot of trouble, like they couldn't pay anybody, and you know, so like any venue, listener. I guess. But it's just so I yeah. just saw that, but. Yeah. Like Wait. We, let me just could... uh, let me just explain, um, dear listener. Uh, oh, yeah. UCB is Upright Citizens Brigade, and it's a it's a venue that started in New York, and now they have um, a UCB here in Los Angeles, and it's an improv and sketch comedy venue, and it's been the sort of jumping off point, uh, breeding ground for so many incredibly talented people like Abby Jacobson and um, many, many others. It was founded by Amy Poehler and Matt Besser and who else? Ian Roberts and Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. Oh, Matt Walsh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that and then there's a venue here in town called Largo that same, a lot of People have come out of there, you know, like uh, Jack Black and Tenacious D, Sarah Silverman, um, Tignataro. I mean, so many great, you know, musical acts and comedy. And um, that kid, Zach Galifianakis. That yeah. kid. Is yeah. that doing, is Largo okay? Well, we I mean, know, everywhere's we don't know. not okay. I mean, I think I, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I think it's okay for now, but I mean, it's not 
it's not great. So yeah. I just hope that it, that, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, any place that has like a shoestring budget that depends entirely on putting a small crowd of people together every yeah. night, you know, do the math. And just like New York, like realist, that, that, the rent and all that, like the, the school, there's like a lot of properties they had going. And yeah. I, I, I'm also not the, most informed to even talk about them closing. I just sort of like saw it and I was, <laughs> uh, but it just is up so upsetting. It's like where I met, you know, everyone I would work with mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and or it's where it all started. But um, I don't remember what your original. Oh, you oh, know. Just, I- yeah. The, the like, yeah, we didn't like the first season of the show aired when I was 30. So we like mm-hmm. went and pitched it when I was like 27. That was like the first time I really came out here to LA. And yeah, it it was, it did still feel like, uh, I remember when we would pitch it, it was like, there could only be one, one show that was like a female driven, like female creator show. Like, like, you know, girls was, uh, first season of HBO. And they were like, well, we have girls. And like Fox mm-hmm. was like, well, we have new girl. And um, uh-huh. it was just God. like a very like, okay, like, <laughs> great, yeah. what? There but can't it, be other girls. I think yeah. it's way different landscape now. I hope, I think, I think there are still, unfortunately, a lot of those obstacles, but it was still very limiting and felt like, I mean, Amy Poehler was with us. That was a huge, um, like, you know, to have, to have her with us while we were taking that out was like a, game changer. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's so nice to have that, um, I don't know, that experience already and then to be able to kind of continue on and create more shows and create shows for other people. And yeah, I know it's hard, but. Yeah, like it's weird now or not weird, but it's just like, it's an interesting uh, all the pandemic stuff aside, because that is a whole other like reality, you know, but, but before that, you know, it's been like a year since Broad City stopped airing and it has, you know, been just like this new thing of like, well, what can, like nothing is like gone yet, but it is a lot of like state, <laughs> uh, plate spinning, trying to keep stuff going and see what sticks and, I guess we'll see. I'm I'm trying to do those things you said, create new things for myself and and other voices, like help other voices kind of find their footing, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm pitching myself is what's happening right yeah? now. I'm kidding. I'm no no, I'm kidding. Um so Nick, if you had if you had the opportunity to ask your dream question to Abby Jacobson, what would it be? <laughs> oh gosh. There's so many. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what do you consider, uh, what do you put on the perfect Philly cheesesteak? <laughs> what she an interesting, I don't eat meat. Ever? Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that my family she like, never did. doesn't understand. <laughs> um, cause I'm from Philly. So yeah, I, yeah. I think I, 
I used to eat meat as a kid. And then around like 10 or 11, I was like, I don't like beef. And I just like, I've never had a hamburger, which is like, truly people like really don't like that fact or <laughs> they're upset about it. And they always want to tell me where the best one is. Well, uh, it's been great having you. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs> oh no, think Nick doesn't know up. what to do now. Yeah. Oh, I never so had it. Shaking. Um, I will say like, I used to go to a lot of concerts in high school that were, I'm from like right outside Philly and you know, all the venues were downtown. And then afterwards, all my friends would want to go to, one of the cheesesteak places. And one of them is called Jim's on South street in Philly sure. yeah. lying around the corner, like every night. And I remember we went in there and I think usually I wouldn't even like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even going to order anything in here, but I was like, Oh, I guess <laughs> like waiting in line for so long. I finally get up to the counter and I was like, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll have the veggie. And it was like, it was like, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the whole organization they're all like you know doing the thing the whole thing stops and they're like um really and i was like yeah, yeah. and then i get it it's it's a it's a fucking <laughs> you know the like really the bread is so good but it was like bread with onions and ketchup Oh my and I was God. like, "Fuck you guys! That don't want like come that on. was yeah. one of, no that was all it was there. Yeah, <laughs> that's not cool. No, so I it learned was my just lesson. Onions and ketchup was the whole thing. So that used, it used yeah. to be a thing. I mean, bef- you know, yeah. and uh, I mean, for the record, uh, people often conflate. This is something about mm, Ron Swanson and Parks and Recreation that people conflate with me, where they. People have said to me, like after my touring shows, they'll come up to me and say, my wife really wanted to meet you, but she was scared to because she's a vegetarian and she thought you would like punch her. And I was, and I'd be like, no, fucking eat whatever you want, man. Like, who, like yeah. I applaud oh, you for, you know, healthy, conscientious eating of any sort. Don't be stupid. But the, the thing is, there, there was a time not that long ago where almost anywhere you went, the veggie option would be a total fuck you. It'd be a total like, oh, fuck you. Like, I guess here's we'll a couple just saltines and, and a pack what. of mustard. It's yeah. truly like they open up like cabinets and find like dusty shit that's like, uh, this will work. You like pinot beans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dry, like non-cooked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This This is reminding me, and I'm like revealing more in this story, but... Every once in a while, I'll pop onto like a dating app to like see how terrible it is, um, <laughs> like even worse than I thought it would be, and then I'll be upset about it. But I remember recently it was something so interesting. There was a person on there, and they were like, "No vegans, not dating to be no vegans allowed." And I was like, "What the fuck kind what? of like, limitation?" Like. Why set like just the, like someone being a vegan is like uh, unattractive, which is like set some so Trump shit. Weird. I think it's all wrapped up in like yeah. I don't How would know. that even factor into a, your people of strong preferences? Yeah. You know, I was gonna ask you about that though because as a single lady, oh yes, uh, that's why I like to call myself a single lady. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting though because um i have so many single 
female friends. And when this, you know, when the whole virus thing started getting crazy, I thought, uh-oh, what's going to, how are these people, you know, how are these single women going to be doing it? Everybody seems like they're doing great. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, think if any, I repeat, you were so sweet and like reach out to me and check in. I really I appreciate it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think if anything, maybe single women and single people in general are a little bit more e- equipped during this. Cause we're like, I go through like, uh, like uh, ups and downs of being like, what am I so upset about? There wasn't anyone here before. Right. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like the virus happened and someone was like, bye, you're on your own, bitch. Like, like <laughs> I'm like, I guess this was like the same, but it is, you know, the longer it goes, the, it's a little like, okay, you're just not a, it's a, it's a very, it is very different. But I think in a way we maybe are more used to the, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm trying to. Like, make it okay. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I know. But basically, you're doing, you know, all right. I mean, it is, you know, it is weird because doing this podcast and, you know, we're sitting here and like, oh, you know, what are you watching? And what are you? And and that's fine because everything is relative. Uh, But, you know, I just want to remind our audience that we do understand that we are pretty lucky because America is kind of divided into two parts right now. And there are those of us who are on zoom podcasts um, and those of us who can't, you know, buy food. So yeah. And, or they're, they're are working like their job now, maybe even more the job that like doesn't pay them enough more than they used to, where it's like they're in more, it's just, yeah, that, that stress, I feel so, like, privileged to my, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a const- constant checking of, like, of oneself, I think, right now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, sometimes, and I'm not even, not even talking to you, but just in other podcasts we've done, we, you know, you, you, you could kind of lose sight. It, it could sound like we're just, you know, here, like, um talking about our jigsaw puzzles and <clears throat> completely unmindful of what's going on, but that's not true. It's just that, you know, everything is pretty relative um, in that regard. Our day-to-day is different, yeah. And I think people also want to listen to stuff. Like, I've listened to a couple while this was going on of yours, and I love the balance of, like, I do want to know what, what everyone else is doing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But also it's okay to talk about the like stupid shit we're doing. Cause you, you also want to be entertained and not oh, yeah. constantly thinking about, uh, you know, like the direness, at least. That's yeah. Me. Yeah. You have to limit the news intake. I'm to, loving this, you, these, this headset, this. Yeah. 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 Really, yeah, he's, really he's high. Up. He's it's, it's quite Sweet. high. We uh, we, <laughs> we lack um, our setup here that doesn't allow us if I, uh, to hear each other. So if I, 
if I go all the way on, then I can't hear Megan well enough. Gotcha. That makes sense. But but we're going to fix it. Is that why you've been wearing those just around the house like all day? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm a podcaster now, honey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's my thing. Okay. Because you just said, okay, never mind. Um, so, Abby, though, I do want to talk about computer, uh, you know, online dating because I feel like if I had been single, and I'm really glad that I'm not. <laughs> Oh, but so I close. feel like <laughs> I would have been, you know, tempted to do that because I think it's kind of interesting because it's sort of like, I mean, I do believe in um, synchronicity. So I feel like you're probably just as likely to meet somebody in that context as in, a, you know, more conventional context or what used to be a conventional one. Yeah, like I used to be... Very much like, I don't want to meet someone that way. I want to meet someone organically or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's so much a part of how people date. I think I'm not even talking about me. I just think like the general public, that's just like Mm -hmm. how we operate. We're not, we're just like, that's a way to look. I kind of just do it every once in a while as a, not as a way. It makes me feel like I'm being proactive if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you two both, you guys have been together for a, a while. So Tw- I don't just know if you experienced this. And yeah, 20, only 20 years. Yeah. So I wonder, and you were both in the midst of like your careers when you started dating. So I, I don't know, like, I guess this is such a douchey thing to say. And I'm going to say it because I'm looking at you and forgetting about the fact that it's being recorded and putting on on something. But I guess that I do have a little bit of an insecurity dating now where, oh, I'm like, well, people like know me or like this, that thing that is. It's not douchey. It's your situation. I mean, that's. Yeah. It's a thing I think about a lot. And I I think I have to let it go to actually put myself out there. But it's something that is very much on my mind whenever I'm dating, especially someone, if I'm dating someone not in the industry, I'm like, you know, it's boring. It's a lot. It's boring when they're not in the industry, unfortunately. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> but so that is like the online dating, like, I sort of let go of like, who gives a shit if they know, like, the show or not? It's like, whatever. And it's kind of just like a fun way to be like, what's going out, going on out there? Whether, especially now, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to meet up with anybody. What am I even like? window shopping for but well you know okay if it if it helps at all when nick and i met i was in between the second and third season of will and grace and about six months out from winning an emmy right Right. okay so that's where i was at nick was penniless sleeping in an unfinished basement where he would just, if he had to pee, he would just roll off the couch and go over into a corner and pee on the dirt floor. And roll off my sleeping log. And he had, I do know all this. This is all in your book, but I do know. He was driving a faded out, rusted out red um, convertible from the Chevy Cavalier convertible. What year was it? Uh, It was probably uh, about an, 
89 or 90. And this was in 2000. It was a real beater. And and he also had um, frosted hair. Love it. Love and yet, that. here we are today. So, you know, is anything is possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just yeah. wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that like it's a bad thing? Um, no, no, honey. I'm no, I didn't get that. Yeah. I didn't get that. So no. that was our situation, and uh, I still gave Megan a shot. Yeah, yeah, he still gave me a chance. And here we are. Right. I mean, I had to work for it. Believe <laughs> me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. I do love, like, I can't remember the exact detail, but, like, didn't you guys, like, not kiss or maybe just oh, well, not I wouldn't for, let like, him, a long time? Yeah, I wouldn't let him do anything Which is so to my body. In, like, what an incredible, like, wow. That's a, for a long time, right? Well, no, he, well, We still know, haven't. Yeah. Oh, think about, oh, wow. think about the okay. description I just rolled right, out right. for you. And then it kind of takes some of the mystery out of that. But yeah, I, you had to let I would not let out. him, I wouldn't let him uh, touch my body or my mind or my soul <laughs> for quite a while. <laughs> but, you know, he eventually, he was, you know, he, he has stick to itiveness. Yeah, I see that. That's what they used to say. Back in the fifties, I'm stubborn. He's got it. I uh, I once uh, bought a, what was I was told was a, a small brick of hashish on South Street. Oh, um, yeah. I can't remember if we talked about this. I, I spent a uh, half a year living in Malvern. We um, have not. That's very close to where I'm from. I'm from Wayne. You a mainline kid? <laughs> I yeah yeah I, yeah. Look, anybody Wait, I'm lost. We're, How did we get from us not? He he went back to the cheesecake too. story because oh, okay. I think he didn't All want right. to talk about. I I they missed a segue there. His, his car. Are we and, talking about Philadelphia yeah, and it, its environs? It was a Philly thing. <laughs> okay. You, right. you you want to get to this neighborhood? You head up past the Schuylkill. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, right. It was 1991 or two. And there was a thing in Philly called the Festival Mythos or the Festival Mythos Festival. Mythos. And I, I was, this is a, a nutshell. I'll, I'll wrap this tangent up quickly. Um, I was in a kabuki play, a kabuki adaptation of the Iliad called Kabuki Achilles. And, um, and we did it at the People's Light and Theater Company. I know the fucking People's Light and Theater Company. <laughs> I almost Crazy. said it. I almost said it. Like, I was like, there. it has to have been there because that was like a true, a beautiful, like gr- incredible theater. Kind of like, uh, I was always like, why is it here? Because yeah. it, like, I, I always went into Philly for like culture like that. And it was this really it's still it still is there i wonder how they're doing through all this but um yeah i used to go there as a kid that was like a the only like legit playhouse near me it, it, it was a great company um and we subsisted on uh it, it was like a basement dwelling experience we there was a yingling uh brewery yep and we would we would get there like you know, they're B-grade 16-ounce bottles with no label. And there was a Pepperidge Farms, like, outlet store where when the expiration date hit, you could go buy, <laughs> like, mint Milano's for a dollar. So and, we, li- we lived and on now we're married. Pepperidge Farms yeah. and uh, Yingling. Yingling. Okay, that sounds and here, here pretty we silly. are. Yeah, this is career advice that we're doling out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm lost. Um, so you know what I wanted to <laughs> what I wanted to say though is you said earlier you were watching The Sopranos. It's 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 an epi this is a new I mean, well, I can't say it's an epidemic because we're in a pandemic and that's not funny anymore. Um it's sweeping the nation because you are now the seventh one of my friends who Does has that? said that there's they started the Sopranos from I mean the I've seen it all already. Oh, you've seen I've it? I've seen and you're it. Rewatching all. it. I watched it's it. Making I got me it when like re-watch. Netflix you remember like the discs? I didn't oh, have yeah. HBO as a kid and then when it came out I would get it like in like you would get three discs at a time from Netflix when it first started and it would be like, you know, how many episodes is that of the Sopranos? But that's when I watched it, so probably around, like, 2006. But I haven't seen it since, and I was actually watching The Leftovers oh, before gosh. this, and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't watch this right now. Right now, like, yeah. That, too, that yeah. was our favorite show, but right now it's rough, yeah. It's just, watch. and I would, I was going in, it took me a while, actually, to get through season one of that because it was, like, if I was depressed at all, I was like, this is just not good. Oh, yeah. For me. So I I had to switch over and the Sopranos is just like I don't know. Yeah. I'm like I could dive right in there. I wanna rewatch the Sopranos. I mean the pilot is like I guess I'm working on a lot of pilots right now. It's mm. pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanna put in a good word for the leftovers because in some future happy <laughs> shiny time when everybody's fine again, um, go back and watch it because the second and third seasons are completely unbelievable. I know that's what my friends have said. They were like, "I'm a, my favorite show is Six Feet Under." And mm-hmm. they were yeah, like, that was our that was our favorite show 
before the leftovers. We still love oh, it. Oh, so that's good. what a lot of my friends, like Darcy, who you know, they're all like, no, the leftovers. Oh, and wow. I, I haven't rewatched, I've rewatched Six Feet Under, like I've watched the whole series twice, but I'm like saving that. I can't rewatch it again. I need it to like be longer. I don't know. That finale, Six Feet Under, is beyond. I couldn't delete it from our TiVo. I never did. We just moved and we got a different television. (laughs) (laughs) I could never delete it. I know. Years and years. So good. Oh man, so good. I was thinking about rewatching that one too. Oh gosh, there's a lot of time on our hands. Um. We started watching at the recommendation of Catherine Hahn. We started watching a reality competition show called Alone that's on, on the History Channel, but it's, it's you know, we're getting it on Amazon. And uh, it's, yeah, it's really good. Wait, it's is just, it about it's, like It's like people- a naked and afraid-ish kind of a premise, except they're not naked uh, and they're alone. And they're just in the middle of, I mean, this season, we're on the sixth season now. So this is what we've been doing. Um, <laughs> this season is in Antarctic, the Arctic. The Arctic wow. Yeah, so they're Canada. not fucking around with the locations. And they're bears and cougars. And I mean, there's, it's, it's crazy. This is a rough season, though, because in other seasons, it was mostly just fishing for survival. And this season, they cast all these hunters. And so everybody's really killing um, mammals. And and they, they're very unsparing with their documenting of every step of, like, skinning the animal and gutting it. And ugh, so I, can't, legit, I can't watch it's, it. It's like legit survivalist versus like it's naked all and afraid, survival. which it's is all sort of like, like what's yeah that? it's like professional survivalist gotcha, but it's gotcha. sort of interesting because i didn't even i don't you know i'm this may surprise you but i'm not a survivalist and so <laughs> so i <laughs> really not not i mean not professionally and so i didn't know about any of the stuff that nick could speak more eloquently to um but there is some really i like the shelter building and the all bushcraft. the engineering bush do you craft. think you could nick do you think you could, could he's do it? dying to go on the show i could now. do here's what i would i'd be good at uh building shelter making fire um and fishing those things i'm ready i would need a much better education in one thing that really helps people on the show is if they if they know the flora, the local plants, what to that eat, and, provides yeah. their vitamins and nutrients and so forth. Um, and also, if if I was gonna, if I was in a location where I was called upon to to hunt, I would need some education in that because I I'm uh, I have a lot of experience fishing, but but I mean the the thing that I th- the I think is a brilliant stroke about the show is that they give each contestant a camera package uh they give them like three or four different cameras train them so they literally are alone they're shooting themselves oh. wow so this is a lot of responsibility they're like yeah. the crew too while well, they're like trying like, to survive they're like people are like shooting a moose with a bow and arrow and then holding a camera and like running across to find the <laughs> oh it's, it's crazy it's completely insane <laughs> That's hilarious. That's it's, so funny. And frankly, they're they're 
really impressive on this on this season where they're where they're living on mammals more. I keep saying men and women alike, they'll set up a tripod, they'll set up a wide shot, and then they'll fucking shoot a squirrel out of a tree like 30, 40 yards away with a bow and arrow. These people act like, well, I mean, they're like, hey, I got it. (laughs) I have no skill set in that. Nothing. No, I have absolutely zero interest. My my grandfather, and this isn't a thing I like, (laughs) uh, part of it. My grandfather was a hunter. Like he owned an army and Navy store in New Jersey (laughs) and would like go hunting in like Alaska. Oh gosh. It takes like a deer breed. and like bear and stuff, which is Was he a real manly? Like it wasn't like this macho thing. He like grew up really poor and like stumbled into that business. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was was he uh military? He was in the army in like New Newfoundland. It wasn't mm-hmm. like um combat. I think mm-hmm. it was more like it was a place that people bought guns in Jersey, but I think it was more actual hunt hunters, like licensed hunting hunting guns. But um, what a I, don't I always know. forget I, about that. What a, like a weird I don't. I mean, in this time when we could go to the store and buy food, I just don't understand. I can't. I'm surprised that that's even legal. Really, I think it's pretty. Well, weird. there's there's a there's a, a spectrum of morality to it. If you live in an area where there's a, in most of the country, there's too many deer. Right. And you can supply your family with venison for much less money than a grocery store will ever charge you. I'm doing a big eye roll over here, but you're not going to be able to see that on the podcast. I mean, I I see both ways where I am like in certain parts of the country. I am, I'm like, if that's how you, if you're using the whole animal and you're really cognizant of that and. But just to hunt to like get no, then, a shot and like well, that's what the it, thing. that's yeah. The other end of the spectrum, I think, is one of the douchiest things you can do as a human, and that is like trophy hunting. That's right. it's like that's the machismo. That's just the biggest douchebaggery of like, and, and and it ties into people that are like, I need to have this assault rifle because right. you know I I love to go kill predators for right. fun. That, I think, is uh, something we can leave in our history. Well, the thing that's interesting about this show, though, um, I think my favorite part of it is that a lot of the people are there. Some of the guys are there because they want to prove, you know, what big swinging dicks they are. But most of the people are there because they want to go through something that will turn them into better people who've experienced something that can somehow help, help them. You know, it's definitely like you're going to go into you're going to have an experience, which, yeah, with your survivalist, you're probably itching for that kind of a thing all the Mm -hmm. time. Right. Something transformative. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so there are a lot of women on the show, which I think is really cool. Like they there have been more as it goes along. There weren't any the first season, but then there have been more and more as it goes along. And and. The women to me are the most interesting because they also have to hunt and fish, but they do it in a little di- different way. Like a lot of the guys, if they kill something, 
will literally stand in the woods and go, ah, and like scream like fucking no. psycho, like serial killers for 10 minutes. It's really weird. And they get like really pumped up and hyper and like freaked out and they bare their teeth. It's really scary. But um, the women don't really do that, strangely enough. And also the <laughs> women tend to, and, and many of the men too, build really amazing shelters, like very glamping level shelters. And they they make chairs to sit on and they make all kinds of, you know, they make a kitchen basically. I mean, it's kind of amazing what... what I- I think I, think I that could make is- like, I've thought about this before, weirdly, when I've just been in like my back patio. <laughs> I think I could make um, <laughs> like if if somehow something happened and like I was out in the wilderness without shoes, I think I could like fashion shoes or like I can like make stuff, but like not like like Nick, I couldn't like build like wood, but I could like get i could like fashion stuff i think I that, that makes sense shoes talking I think to I could abby do jacobson i knew we were going to end up talking about survival surviving yeah. in the wilderness i knew it i mean it's the obvious thing that's going to come up yeah i yeah so post-apocalyptic <laughs> shoes well i am reading megan i think i told you this i'm my dad sent me this this double the, these two novels by octavia butler which yes. is she's this incredible writer, science fiction writer, and I had I had read a short story of hers, but never really gotten into like the meat of her work. And I'm reading this parable of the sower, and I'm like, he didn't even read it yet. He sent me this double feature of these <laughs> novels, and I'm like, Dad, this is so fucking scary. Why are you sending this to me right now? It's about like <laughs> L.A. In 2026, not that far away. She wrote it in like 93 and it's about like everyone's armed. Shoes are the most important. Water is like, water is like gold. Like I'm like, we're not that far. Like, But I'm really into it. It's really good. Is it good? Because I I think I'm going to get it on Audible. Yeah. I I haven't listened to a lot of fiction, but. It's real. Yeah, it's a, it is a little scary, though. I'm like, we're not like just it would only take like something, something yeah. to happen yeah. that we would turn into that kind of. Yeah. But, or we wake up tomorrow, you know. Yeah. God so only I've been thinking what. about the shoes, I guess. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you really did have surviving in the wilderness on your mind. Yeah. I was yeah, just I don't kidding. know why I'm reading it right before I go to bed every night. Like, oh, it's no. not the right, it's not the right <laughs> mode, you know? Abby, it's so fun to talk to you. You and too, you really guys. Do. You look so pretty. Thanks. I Something's going on. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really, I'll take really it. Good. I have a good, I have good light on me here. Yeah. She's got, well, I don't know. You look really good. It, yeah. You are presenting very well. I say that. Presenting. Pl- platonically. I, did, I don't know if you've seen me since I had to, I dyed my hair for that show. Maybe that's it. Well, I do really like the little bit lighter hair Yeah. Color. I never dyed it, looks it before. really pretty. Oh, it's nice. Thanks. Yeah, it looks very good. LA, right? Yeah, but your skin looks pretty too. Skin, glasses, wow. hair. I don't this. know. She's guys. No. I don't know. <laughs> you're, che- you're checking all of this podcast know. boxes. Okay, I'll take it. I will take it. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And dear listener, thank you for coming on with your ears. 
This has been another installment of In Bed with Nick and Megan. Good night. Good night. Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.